Father God, you are, you are so good. God, far beyond what we even know. And I pray, Lord, that tonight we would hear from you. That tonight, Lord, as we remember who you are and why you came, that, God, we would all be quiet, myself included, and that your voice would ring out. And, God, that each of us would be touched and changed. And, Lord, we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Now, there are a lot of things that make me think about, well, this time of year. You know, there are things like family. There are things like food, Christmas carols, and even Clark Griswold. Just a lot of things make me think of this time of year. But nothing brings on the Christmas spirit quite like presents and gifts. Giving them, receiving them. In fact, it's kind of what Christmas has become, isn't it? You know, it's the search for the perfect gift. It's the opportunity to give this present to someone you love. And it's also an opportunity to receive what your heart has always wanted. So what do we do with this? This time where we sometimes fall into a wanting attitude. You see, Rachel and I, we went to this store called Bed Bath & Beyond earlier this week. I bet many of you have been there. And we were there for a lot longer than I would like to admit. And about two hours into our little excursion, we both realized that this place should not be called Bed Bath & Beyond. It should actually be called, in a big sign, everything you want, but nothing you need. Because this place is ridiculous. They have things ranging from a simple back scratcher all the way to a motion-activated toothpaste dispenser, which everyone needs. We even found a $150 pillow, and Rachel made me put it back. They have everything, and as soon as you leave the store, you realize that there are now about 150 various items that you have to have that just moments before, you didn't even know they existed. But that's kind of how all this works, isn't it? You know, this time of year, where we've got family, and we've got presents and gifts, and we've got food, we've got everything that we could want. But are we happy at the end of it all? And I think that kind of that question about whether or not we're happy at the end of it all can be boiled down to one thing. And it's this. Expectation. We have so much, so much expectation. Expectation worms its way into everything during Christmas. We have an expectation for that spiral-cut honey ham that we get to share with our families. We have an expectation for the family that's going to come into town and what we get to do with them. 
And some of us have an expectation of the family we hopefully can avoid during the holidays. We have expectations of how others will react to the gifts we give them. But I think most of all, and most often, we have a very specific and a very calculated expectation of what others are going to give to us. Now, expectation is not always wrong. And in fact, I think it would be impossible to completely get rid of expectation. But there is one type of expectation we need to be very cautious of. It's the type of expectation that keeps us from receiving a gift. See, about 12 years ago, on December 24th, I was lying in bed, and like every other 10-year-old in the U.S., I could not sleep. No one can sleep on Christmas Eve. And for me, I couldn't sleep because earlier that day, my dad had called me over to him and then drawn my attention to a particular gift that was under the tree. And I went over to it, and I saw it, and it was, I'm not lying, it was huge. This big box. And I went over, and I picked it up, and it was heavy. And then to my amazement and joy, it had my name on the box. And so there I was. In bed, I can't sleep. And I've got all these expectations, all these hopes, all these dreams swirling inside my head about what could be in that box. I don't remember when I fell asleep, but I do remember when I woke up. I woke up, and I knew it was not a normal day. I knew it was Christmas. So I run out of my room, but we have this really cruel thing in my family where we make children wait until the evening to open gifts. So I had to endure an entire day and a meal with all my relatives while all this time we should be opening gifts. And I remember sitting there at the dinner table with all my family and thinking... I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm thinking, why are these people talking so much? Will they ever stop eating? My goodness. And then finally, we were done with dinner, and then simultaneously, the whole family, we get up, and we move from the dining room into the living room. And then we have another cruel tradition. All the children in the family go over to the tree, and we get everybody else's gifts, and we hand them out to them. I suppose we're trying to teach patience. (laughs) to us. But finally, all of that was over, and it was time for me to get my gift. I went under the tree, I grabbed it, and I set it down in front of me. And I've never understood the people, and my mom is this way, bless her heart, but they open gifts, and they like try to preserve the wrapping paper, you know? I was not that way. I flew into that thing. I'm tearing it shred to shred, and things are flying everywhere. People are getting hit in the head with ribbon and all sorts of stuff. And then finally, there was nothing between me and my gift but the lid to this box. And so as quickly as I can, I throw the lid off that box, and I look down, and my eyes behold one of the greatest disappointments of my childhood. Because in that box was a stack of leather-bound books. Not picture books, like big boy books. 
with lots of words and lots of pages. But I think to myself, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened. My, my parents, they've wrapped up lots of things just to see reactions and then give me the actual gift, which I loved. And so I think to myself, you know what? It's hidden under these books. Aha! No, it's not. And I think, oh, they've pulled a fast one. They put it inside the books. So I start flipping through the books and, no, it's not in there. So I turn to my mom and dad, and with just a slight glimmer of hope, I say, is, is this really it? You see, my expectation in that moment, it completely destroyed a gift that had been given to me. And I was unwilling to receive it. See, the Old Testament is full of prophecies time and time again that a Messiah was to come. And that this Messiah, he would free the nation of Israel from their oppression. Not only that, but that this Messiah would set himself up as ruler over every nation. The people of Israel knew this. And from these prophecies, they had come up with some very specific and very calculated expectations. Expectations of what the Messiah would look like. Expectations of what the Messiah would do. And expectations of what his kingdom would be. And their expectations kept them from acknowledging the Messiah. We all know the story. Not only did they cease to acknowledge him, but they hated him. Not only did they hate him, but they eventually had him killed. You see, the people of Israel, they wanted a civil leader. But Jesus, he was a humble servant. The people of Israel, they wanted a Pharisee. But Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. They wanted social freedom. But Jesus, he saved them from sin. They wanted wealth and power. But Jesus said, give to the poor and give to the needy. They wanted a king that was in a palace. Jesus had no home. They wanted all the things that this world had to offer. But Jesus only offered things of his kingdom. Things that are not of this world. So can I ask you a few questions? What is your expectation of Jesus? What do you want from him? Because your expectation of Jesus and who you so desperately want him to be will greatly impact whether or not you receive him. Do you want someone, do you expect someone who will make life easy for you? Well, Jesus, he disciplines his children. Do you want someone who will fix this broken nation of ours? Well, Jesus is concerned with the things of his spiritual kingdom. 
Do you want someone who will make you a better you? Well, Jesus says you have to die to yourself. Do you want someone who will give you the perfect life? Jesus says whoever loves his life will actually lose it. Do you want someone who will make you happy? Jesus wants to make you holy. You see, if Jesus is the reason for the season, and he is, then we have to ask ourselves the question, not only what are my expectations for Christmas, but the question of what are my expectations for Christ? Because your expectations, they greatly impact how you see and how you receive gifts. And Jesus, he deserves, he even demands that we get rid of and that we destroy any and every selfish expectation that changes the reality of who he is. Those books that my parents got me more than a decade ago, each one of them has become a favorite of mine. And I've read some of them more than once, and I've given them to friends, and they've enjoyed them. Our expectations can change. And our expectations should. Because when we see things for how they really are, we realize that we are actually the ones who have changed. So this year, may your time together with your friends and your family be a very blessed time. And may your expectations be in line with who Christ is. And may you see him for who he truly is. And also, may you receive the greatest gift that has ever been given to you. So Merry Christmas. God bless.